Welcome back to the STEM Sessions podcast, the UK STEM career podcast. This is another episode in our SES Railways mini-series. Today I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by um, some of the social sustainability team from SES Railways and I'll let you guys introduce yourselves now. Hi Daniel, um, I'm Louise Daly, I'm Head of Social Sustainability for the programme. Hi Daniel, uh, my name is Alice and I am our Equality, Diversity and Inclusion Manager. Hi, um, I'm Frankie. I am the Skills Education and Employment Manager. I was wondering if you'd be able to just tell us a little bit, please, about what is um, social sustainability and what does it actually mean? So everything we do on a construction site affects people, whether that would be the community, it could be people commuting into the area, or it could be our own workforce. So it's our job as a team to ensure that these impacts are positive. It could be leaving a legacy for our communities. It could be employing vulnerable people or developing an inclusive and diverse workforce. So as a team, we have to ensure that we're rolling out strategies like uh, social value, uh, it could be fair and inclusive recruitment, which enables everybody to have equal opportunities. And that's regardless of what our backgrounds are. It's fundamentally about making positive changes in a person's life. So the social sustainability team really has two focuses. And one is skills, employment and education. And one is equality, diversity and inclusion. And it's our focus to deliver positive outcomes for the SES project. We've already done some great initiatives across both um, and really made some improvements in people's lives. Frankie, I don't know whether you want to talk a little bit about some of the great work that your team has done. Yeah, of course. So um, just a bit of background on the skills, education and employment team. Um, it's often shortened to C. So there are two main aspects um, within our team. So first off, employment. So we do things like apprenticeships. We work with people who are currently out of work, uh, long-term unemployment. We work with groups like ex-offenders, people who have recently left um, the care system, homeless people, victims of modern slavery, or just people that have, have been down on their luck, have lost their jobs potentially due to the pandemic. Employment is a big aspect of what we do. We work with those people. We work with the organisations to support the people who may be struggling to get into employment back into it and give them the confidence they, that they need to be able to uh, gain full-time employment, whether it's on site or whether it's in the office, whatever the role is. A lot of these people have experience in, in the jobs that they're going into, so it's just giving them that chance that they may not otherwise get. And then the other aspect of it is the education and skills. So we do a lot of work with schools. Um, we work with primary schools, secondary schools, colleges, universities, and we engage with young people about careers in construction. So we support them in terms of things like job interview practice or writing their CVs or um, giving them an activity like building a train line. So we um, we have essentially what's what are called targets that are set by our clients, so high speed two, um, which means we have to achieve these outcomes in in different areas like working with schools or the employment we build a lot of external relationships through that as well so we're very much alongside um, Alice's team the EDI team we're very much an external facing team working with vulnerable people and the organizations that can support them so um, it's a it's an incredibly rewarding job. I can give an overview of equality diversity and inclusion as well 
we make sure that everybody who wants to come work here, who does work here, has equal opportunities so that no matter what your education is, whether you left school at 18 or you went to university, no matter what your parents did, um, whether you had free school meals or anything, um, we want to make sure that you can come and work with us. So that leads us on to uh, the diversity sides of, we, of what we do. We know that for really great teams to work well together, they need to be made up of different minds, different perspectives, different backgrounds, and people with different skills. We know that those teams perform a lot better. So the diversity side of things is how can we make sure we attract those people to come work with us? So my team run programs with um, women who have had children and want to return to the workplace. We run programs for um, people with disabilities. We make sure that um, ethnic minorities can come and work with us too and that our recruitment process is fair. Awesome, that's great to hear. And I think that that's a really, really great summary of everything that comes under um, social sustainability. And um, it's fantastic to hear about all of the amazing things that you are doing and that, you know, with a big project like HS2, um, you know, as um, you know, yourselves as SCS Railways, you're part of the project. Um, you're doing lots of different things to make sure that, that there is a lot of societal benefit outside of the aims of the project itself as well. How did you get to where you are today? So for me, it was a bit of a career change. I started off working in the public sector, um, working in human resources. I'd worked for a couple of years when I was putting together a team for a manager who was starting to look at kind of innovative projects around construction in it and I joined the team. So I started at that point to really look at different ways of sharing best practice, working with vulnerable people and uh, really supporting the communities that were um, around where we were we were building. Um, and that really ignited something in me. I really enjoyed working in construction. And I really, really enjoyed working with the communities. So um, I made the decision to uh, join Skanska. And shortly after joining Skanska, the High Speed 2 project came up. Um, so I worked on the tender, uh, looking at skills, employment, education and equality, diversity and inclusion and started working on the project. So it wasn't something I'd set out to do when I left school. Um, I wanted to be in human resources, but by getting this little bit of a taste of the real impact we could have on people's lives and way we could support people. Um, I was so passionate about it that, you know, I wanted to make my career in, in, in this industry, working with the communities. And I do feel that we can really make a difference to people. We are working within the communities for such a long period of time that there are so many benefits we can put back in. So I'm extremely passionate about what we do. I love to help people. And this is a fantastic career choice. I took quite a different route um, from Louise. So um, going right back, I think I had my first job when I was 14 and I was a swimming teacher, which feels somewhat different to what I do now. At school, I did GCSE, so I took geography, PE, music and French. Uh, all subjects that I loved because I learned very, very early on that um, if I don't enjoy something, I'm not going to do it. And so purely based on what I what I enjoyed, um, I went on to sixth form where I did my A-levels in um, biology, economics, geography and English literature. 
again, subjects that I loved, didn't want to do anything that I didn't wasn't interested in either and whilst I was at college I realized how much I really liked geography because it taught me about the world I really liked the human geography side of things was really lucky studied really hard with um, some other jobs I was doing um, outside of college and then um, decided that I wanted to go to university primarily because I wasn't entirely sure what I wanted to do um, and it felt like a good option for me to get a bit more kind of life experience under my belt. And also the course that I did, you had to go to India for a couple of months to do some field work. And I thought, OK, that sounds great. I don't have to make a decision about what I want to do yet. So um, went to the University of Sussex. That was my first time living away from home. It was super scary uh, for the first couple of terms, definitely. Um Went on the India field trip, again, saw like the impact of inequality and unequal societies. Um, and actually then also did some study abroad in Sweden, which is a much more equal society. And I guess could kind of contrast what I'd seen with both of those. So when I was graduating from university, I contacted um, Skanska and like they were green, they were environmentally sustainable. Um, they had good morals and good ethics and um, by chance somebody in Skanska got back to me and said oh would you like some work experience I've been with Skanska for seven years I started in our environment and sustainability team um, and then have progressed into more of the quality side of things so I think um, for me my route was very different to Alice's and Louise's um, I didn't enjoy school. I didn't enjoy studying. I'm just not an academic person at all. Um, I finished my GCSEs, got got good grades, um, got through it just about. But um, yeah, finished them. I did go to sixth form college, um, but a year in, so after year twelve, um, I we moved away. So I naturally stopped going to college. And when we moved down towards London, um, I would have picked up the um, college courses that I was doing. I would have had to completely restart because it's different exam boards and different programs and things. So I decided not to uh, not to go back. I did actually go to chef school for a day, um, but realised that wasn't for me, much to my dad's dismay. So, yes, that didn't work out. So I went straight into work at 17, full time work. Um, and worked in a restaurant as a waitress. Um, I was doing every hour under the sun. It was great. I was earning, you know, good uh, good amount of money for a 17-year-old. Um, and I was quite happy for a few years doing that. Um, it did become a bit much. The hours are long um, and not very social hours either. So kind of got to the point where you know, my parents sat me down and they were like, look, you need to have a think about what it is that you want to do. Do you want to be doing this for the rest of your life? Um, if, if you do, then fine. Um, but, you know, have a good think about it. Um, and I actually ended up just applying for a role um, with, with Skanska, actually, as well. Just happens to be we all work for Skanska. Um, doing just being a, like an admin assistant. And it was just the benefits of it were, you know, they were normal working hours Monday to Friday. I could have my evenings back. I could have my weekends back. I was getting a decent salary. Um, and the way that we kind of looked at it was it was just an opportunity to kind of get my foot in the door with an organisation that was, like Alice said, a really good organisation, good ethics, um, 
and a lot of opportunities. So, you know, 11 years later, I'm still working for Skanska and I've, I've worked on multiple projects in roles that I didn't even know existed. I think just by having your foot in a door, in the door at, at an organisation really helps because it opens your eyes to seeing what is uh, what roles there are for you, what you might be interested in. Um, I actually ended up working with a team that I sat next to in the community engagement team. And it just happened to be because I overheard their conversations and the work that they were doing that I decided, you know, it'd be good to when a job came up, I, I applied for it and and I got it. And that's just gradually how I've kind of built myself to where I am now. Amazing. Thank you all so much for sharing that. And I think, you know, just from um, hearing your stories there, and um, we can see that there's a real variety in terms of, you know, where you've all um, you know, came from, whether it's a kind of a more academic route of going through to university and then um, going and finding some work experience, which I think is a, a fantastic thing that you've done there, Alice, in terms of, you know, being able to reach out to companies and, you know, not being afraid to ask them that question about work experience. And what else do you need to be successful in a job in social sustainability? I think the biggest thing is being passionate about what we're doing, being passionate about making change, about supporting communities and helping people. Um, there is a lot of engagement in our role, whether it's with the community stakeholders or with our employers. And you have to enjoy talking to people, understanding people and being able to support and create change that way. So. Um, personal attributes I think to do the role is you do need to be caring you do need to be passionate and you need to be able to really work well with other people there's an element of our role where we are supporting people whether that be somebody coming in that's been long-term unemployed or vulnerable so there is a very much a caring aspect as well so you have to really enjoy what you're doing you have to be passionate and you do have to be caring but underneath all of that, there is quite an important message here, and it is about equality. It's about equal opportunities. So although it sounds very nice and caring, there is a very strong message here that we're trying to get across. And to ensure this industry moves and changes with the times, we want to be attracting lots of different types of people into this um, industry to improve it, to create diverse thinking and to to really come on with the time so for me and I think the whole team is the same is we are very passionate about what we do. So in terms of the nature of your work at the moment um, I can imagine that it's um, been you know changed quite a bit with um, coronavirus and um, you know the restrictions and having to work from home um, so I was wondering if you'd be able to shine a bit more of a light on that in terms of how has COVID-19 affected uh, your work? Yeah, so it has impacted it um, quite considerably. I think from, from my perspective with the skills and employment side, we naturally do a lot of work in schools um, or out in the community. We hold a lot of events. Uh, we get people coming in for work experience onto site, spending time with our teams. And that's, that's what we do as a team. Um, and since coronavirus uh, started last March, we've had to completely adapt the way that we do things. Obviously, we're all now working from home, um, apart from the people that are actually on site, um, the engineers, the people that need to be on site. So we have had to change the way that we do everything. Um, my whole team actually started just as the pandemic started. So they have come in 
needing to change what their perception of what the role is going to be when they when they first joined. Um, and I mean, they've adapted really, really well. But we've had to change things like um, through our school delivery, because we're still expected to deliver on these things. We've changed that to virtual uh, learning. So we work with schools who um, either do individual sessions with, with pupils or we do a virtual work experience. So we work with a number of schools across London who hold a week-long virtual work experience where we they, they join online um, at home and we have a lot of speakers coming in. We set them activities and it's a bit like doing work experience, but you are at home sat in front of a laptop. Um, but it, it's, it's been amazing. We've done three now, um, three weeks, and it's been so successful every time we've had um, probably over 150 students come through um, our virtual work experience. Um, and it's, it's been great. I mean, I love that people interaction, that face to face interaction. And, and naturally, what we do as a team, that's that's just the way that we kind of are built. You know, we like that that um, personal touch. But doing it virtually, we it's it's a lot harder to kind of engage, but the, the students have been amazing. Um, but also, as, as mentioned previously, the COVID has had a massive impact in terms of employment and a lot of people have found themselves unemployed um, due to COVID. So there are programmes that um, are government funded programmes or organisations that we've partnered with um, who run programmes now for those people that specifically lost their jobs due to COVID. So we're finding that um, when we're reaching out to those partners, we are getting inundated with with CVs and with people that want these jobs that we have on the on the project. And in a way, it's great. You know, we have a lot of candidates, but it is also really sad that there are so many people that have found themselves in that situation. Um, so, yeah, we we have had to adapt massively to it. And I think when we go back to. And being able to go into schools again or, or kind of go to events face to face, it's going to be quite a big shift again because this project has been running during a pandemic. So it'll be almost like we're starting new jobs again because we get to go and, you know, see people face to face and kind of have those conversations. So, um, yeah, there's there's been some big changes. I don't know what you think, Louise. Any any more thoughts on that? Yeah, so I think it's really changed our strategy going forward for the next year or so the support we were giving the communities really had to adapt and change to what their changing needs are during the pandemic so we have very much focused on the in the last year on the digital divide ensuring that students have access to um, online schooling so trying to raise money to purchase laptops We've also had to look at the effect of food poverty and actually how that affects a young person to to learn, to grow and to keep up with their peers. So um, those are two very key areas that we've been uh, focusing on. The other one really is being the, the rise in domestic abuse and how can we support that as, a, as an industry? Um, how can we support our employees that may need support and also our communities? So there's been a large piece of work on communicating um, domestic abuse, what to do and how us as a, an organisation can support. But then also taking that into the community and um, being able to support the community as well. So it's really changed the way that we would have been delivering over kind of the, the year two of the project. Um, but it's 
adapting to what the community actually needs now. And um, that's so crucially important that we are there and that we can support them through this. So as a final question that we've got here, um, just want to ask, and it's one that we ask as a bit of a tradition on the podcast, um, is there any advice that you would like to give to young people or you know, advice that you would give to your younger self? Yeah, I think um, from my perspective, and this kind of leads on from, from where I've kind of got into the industry, is don't worry if you don't know what it is that you want to do when you leave school. Uh, I didn't know all the way through school. I still don't know if I'm completely honest. Um, my sister knew from the age of nine that she wanted to be a lawyer and that's what she did. She worked towards that all the way through school and um, that's what she's doing now. Um, but don't feel like you need to know exactly what route you need to take or that you have to go to university when everyone else goes or um, or anything like that. I think for me, it's all about the experiences and doing what you enjoy and being in a job that you enjoy doing on a day-to-day basis. My advice would be don't panic. If you don't know what it is that you want to do, just enjoy learning and experiencing things and you'll get there eventually. So when I was younger, I really thought I needed to know what I did want to do. So I tapped up a lot of my family friends and said, can I come and shadow you at work for a day? And truth be told, some of those days were so boring. Um, I learned that I didn't want to sit behind a computer all day. I learned that I didn't want to work just on my own. I wanted to work in a team. I learned that I really needed to see what I'm doing. I couldn't um, work on something that you see the results of in 10 years time. I wanted like instant results and satisfaction. Um, And through all of that, I more worked out what I didn't want to do as much as then what I did want to do. And I narrowed things down then. So I think if I was my younger self again, I would tell myself it's it's very handy to know what you don't want to do because that's how you'll figure out what you do want to do um, as well. Yeah, and for me, um, I think it's okay to change your mind. I think it's great to be able to... Um, to follow a pathway and then suddenly decide actually I would really like to 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 go sideways and look at a different industry or a or a different um team I spent so much time worrying if I'd made the right decision um but I always have and it's always been I've followed my heart I've gone to a role where I think I would enjoy it I think I could um deliver benefits and I think I can um make a difference so throughout my career I've spent an awful lot of time worrying, um, but ultimately I've made the right decision. So stop worrying, follow your heart, and I think you'll do fine. Amazing. That's um, some great bits of advice there just in terms of, you know, yeah, as a young as a young person listening, being able to think about um, what you do want to do, but also what you don't want to do. And, um, yeah, not worrying as much, you know, going for it and, uh yeah, I think that they are really, really important things to think about as a you know, young person starting off your career, thinking about where you're going to go. Um, but also, it's not necessarily the end of the world if you don't necessarily know at the moment. So I think that that's, um, yeah, some fantastic bits of advice. Um, so, yeah, without further ado, then, I think we'll um, wrap up there. Thank you so much to um, Alice, Frankie and Louise for your time to be able to um, share your stories, to be able to talk a bit about what social sustainability is how it's working at SCS Railways and the impacts that you are having, um, not just kind of in the immediate future with COVID-19 and then things, but also 
looking long term. Um, and yeah, I wish you all the very best and um, hope that everything continues to go well. And thank you for everything that you are doing. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel.